Hey everybody, welcome to an all new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy. Sitting next to me at the table is my wife of five years, Jenny. Hello. And sitting 101 miles to our southwest, our wedding photographer, Megan. Hello. Hey. So, uh, you know, as always, lots of stuff to get into today. Dynamite, BTE, uh, news, some news, yeah. But uh, before we do any of that... It's the Elite Beat Pop of the Week! <laughs> I'm coming in very on-brand for Tony Khan. Got a white claw here. It's the lime flavor, which is the second best white claw flavor, flavor in my opinion. Nice. Cool. I actually don't have anything in front of me, so I'm no pop. And no hydration. You don't even have water. That's Uh sad. All right. Well, I have a $12 bottle of mum because Kroger is clearing their shelves. This is all the only conclusion I can come to as to why it continues to be $12. So I'm I'm so jealous. Is this the third week in a row that it was? $12 $12 or on sale, deeply on sale? Yes, because the first week it was deeply on sale. It was like $10 and some change, like a weird amount that doesn't make sense to me. You know, like ten oh seven or something. But uh, I'm starting to be convinced that they're just trying to clear out. So I don't know. It's weird because our Kroger does not have mom on sale. That's why I think it's a conspiracy at our Kroger just to clear out. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, oh no, it's not a Kroger-wide sale. I'm getting the the bottom of the barrel here but here we go it'll still pop like any other quality mum nice thank Excellent. you i don't think you would have been able to get that one without the tool no mom really you got i gotta like muscle it out of there it's like come on mom chill out all right well let us get going here we start off with uh, Being the Elite. Uh, find it at the Being the Elite page on YouTube.com. Megan, any thoughts about this here episode of Being the Elite? Uh, I think what happened. Um, we found out that Brandon Cutler, is, he cheated last week because he's being threatened with his livelihood by the Bucks, which is like a really, I know they're heels, but that's extra mean. You shouldn't threaten people's livelihoods. Uh, it often leads to murder, based on the murder podcast I listen to. Uh, although I don't think Brandon, it'll take a lot to push Brandon to the edge. But yeah, he's a cheater because of that. Um, and if Brandon's going to get murdered, it's from the best friends, right? Well, no, because they came to their agreement like they needed a a segment, and apparently they overlooked the fact that they could just do a mailbag, and so they did a mailbag, and now Brandon shouldn't be hassling them anymore. It's off their plate. So, but yeah. Um, also, the BTE championship was not defended, but we got our next number one contender in a contest that was very confusing to me, not because it was like extra involved, but because it seemed really simplistic and stupid in a way that I didn't understand how it's based on a television show. I was so confused by that too. Like that's got to be the most boring television show if you just had to put balls in a glass bucket, like through a hole. Like, there was no, it, it was literally just, it was, that, why would you make a television show about that? Yeah, I, I think I was picturing what 
more along the lines of what they did when they got to like the Nick Jackson trick shot. Me too. But uh, what Luchasaurus and Marco, who were competing, all they had to do was place one hand on top of the box and then use the other hand to shovel little plastic balls into a little hole on the side of the box. And I don't know. I, maybe I'm just missing something. It it doesn't seem that hard to do to me. But Marco won. He's very fast, so he'll be the next competitor. Megan, I also had another question about Brandon Cutler's home. So it sounds like he okay. got a new home. Okay. And he's saying he's doing a 30-year mortgage. Like, he is not going to have a job for 30 years. Like, my assumption was that people in the entertainment business typically try to just buy their house or have like short-term loans because there's no way that he's going to be able to make this mortgage payment in 29 years. This is the most wild take on this segment, Jenny. (laughs) First of all, they give you a loan for 30 years as long as you have a job and then they don't track you after that, you know, as long as you're paying. So nobody's really concerned. I just don't understand how he's going to be able to pay. Um, just because if he if he stops wrestling, he could always get a different job. His wife probably has a job. I I'm not a loan officer, and again, this is not what immediately jumped into my head when when this segment occurred. I just thought, oh, Brandon Cutler, they're threatening your contract. And Jenny Jenny went to the more practical. Perhaps it's because you you're in the throes of selling and buying a home. True. That you're thinking that way, but uh, that's a very that's a very interesting thing to take out of that segment. Uh, my big takeaway from PTE was that uh, I really liked the Dark Order stuff. And I liked that the Billy Gunn recruitment by Reynolds and Silver had a payoff in the the later Dark Order segment where they were trying to prep uh, Evil Uno to take the, uh, the Camel Clutch for Mira. Yes. I also really appreciated just how willing to go along for the ride Billy Gunn was. I thought he'd immediately laugh at them when Reynolds and Silver tried to recruit him. But instead he's like, I'll think about it. That actually sounds kind of nice. And, you know, then he was horrified when he walked in on them. But I like that he gave it a shot in his head. He gave it a shot in his head and he was going to do it, presumably. But then he, he saw something that made him think, I don't like the way he, what he said was, Never again. Which makes me think he'd been in that situation before. Yes. Homoerotic. Never homophobic. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Living up to the credo. Oh, on that, along those lines, though, uh, maybe not homoerotic, but John Silver was absolutely busting out of his button-down short-sleeve Hawaiian shirt and, like, Bermuda shorts. And his arms... I'm not saying this the way Jenny talks about Hook's arms. I'm just saying his arms are as big as, like, an adult person's head. And it is terrifying. (laughs) His arms are as big as thighs. Yeah. He has Popeye arms. Yeah. Yeah. They're bananas. So good for you, John Silver, as long as that's done in a healthy manner. And, um, you know, please don't accidentally burst a bicep. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that was Dynamite, or that was, uh, not, that was BTE. Uh, remember, Megan, last week when, uh, you know, we talked a, we talked briefly about the ratings from the the 529 show, and now the, the first Friday Night Dynamite, and how they were so bad, and 
they did, uh, I believe they did 526,000 live viewers. Their so lowest ever. Their lowest ever by far. And so then this week, or this last week, the, uh, the uh, 6-4 show, 462,000 live viewers. Um, yeah. Uh, overall, the overall and 18 to 49 numbers are the lowest in the show's history. Uh, however, the show still finished ninth for the night in 18-49 and beat one of the two NHL playoff games. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, I don't know what this says about the Rampage show, uh, which is going to be a permanent thing at 10 o'clock on Fridays, but uh, I, hope, I hope TBS is not expecting big numbers from that. Because I think, well, let me see. If two hours from 10 to 12 did... Is doing 462. I, maybe maybe for a 10 to 11 one hour you can average 500,000 viewers. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's not not great. <laughs> that is wow. They didn't even bring over all the. Well, last week was not a banner show. I will say <laughs> they didn't do much to convince people they should tune in exactly at 10 o'clock on a Friday. But man, well, no, that's, that, that was two weeks ago. Um, oh, and okay. last week. We have no idea what the this week's ratings were yet. Oh my god! Yeah, that's so bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. But anyway, so that's what the that's what the rating situation is, and that's what that's what I think it'll be next week, and I, that's what I think it will have been this week. And I don't know, maybe maybe the Saturday night show at the end of the month with Kenny versus Jungle Boy will do better because that's at least at eight o'clock. But do you think they're gonna push that to the next Wednesday? No, because they already, it was supposed to be... I know they already pushed it once. I'm just saying, like, after seeing these ratings... I don't think they're going to push it to the next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I think they're... I think... I, oh, I think uh, I think that they think that they can do a, 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 a good number if they push that match hard. And I believe that they can. I think the 8 versus 10 time slot makes a huge difference, honestly. Yeah, so do I. Now, the good news is, like, they are still getting most of their audience... Uh, with DVR. Okay. So it's not that people aren't watching these shows. It's just that like they're not they're not you know watching them from ten to twelve on Friday night. Well, and they're not watching the commercials, which is what the advertisers care about. Right, but I'm, I think my greater concern at this time period of time would be not losing your audience while you're on a weird night. So. Yeah, the issue seems to be trending more towards a time the time that it's airing versus like people losing interest. I guess is what you would take from that. Hopefully, yeah. I think it's just like I'm not gonna, people. Are, people aren't going to watch TV, you know. No. For, from ten to midnight on. A, people are going to be in bed. People are going to be in bed, or they're going to be out. Yeah. Or if they're watching anything, I'm going to go with Netflix, Hulu, something that doesn't contain commercials and that they can control when it starts and stops. The NBA playoffs are happening every night, pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah. that too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into a dynamite. For 6-11-2021, we're in Jacksonville. Uh, first thing we see is the limo of the Pinnacle pulling up. That's important. Uh, opening match, Christian Cage versus Angelico. We go 9-0-5, fun match. Christian gets the win with a kill switch. Get a lot of uh, Angelico's fun, Yave-style submission-based offense, and Christian was able to mesh well with it, and uh, I really liked it. I like the new Angelico. He just needed to be freed from his bodysuit. Oh, his hunk status is definitely restored. And 
I part of me is glad it's so hot in Florida because I think that probably played a part in not wanting to wear a full bodysuit for him. But aside from that, the match itself was very, very good, I thought. Uh, Christian continues to not surprise me, but um, I, entertain me in a way I didn't anticipate. Like, at a level I didn't anticipate. He's really bringing the best out of all his matches. I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. It seems like he's it's he's like kind of working his way back into form. Yeah, it's like... He's one of the the older gentlemen that is has made a comeback that I don't find horrifying. <laughs> like I'm really enjoying what he's doing. And I also, just based on all the podcasts and people talking about him, it sounds like he's having a very positive impact on the roster and the people around him. And that's always very endearing. So I'm I'm pro Christian. Not Christian yeah. AF, <laughs> but pro Christian. <laughs> uh, after the match, uh, Matt Hardy. Uh, attacked Christian with the twist of fate, so he's laid him out with the twist of fate uh, in back-to-back weeks. And uh, then the Hardy family office did a beatdown uh, until Jungle Boy uh, makes the save. Christian's new BFF, and uh, they they cleared uh, he cleared the ring. And uh, yeah. Uh, next up, Tony is out to introduce us to Cody Rhodes, and he announces before Cody even comes out that. Next week on Dynamite, we're going to see a match with, uh, I believe, is it Q- is it QT and uh, and uh, Aaron Solo? Yes. Against Cody and the debuting Brock Anderson, the son of Arn Anderson, who looks exactly like Arn Anderson. Good lord, that kid! Yeah. So, so Cody and Brock come out, and. Uh, they don't even really get going. QT Marshall comes out and uh, and uh, QT challenges Cody to a strap match for South Beach, which I believe would be the first uh, show on the road, uh, July seventh in Miami. So hopefully Cody will wear the Don Johnson suit again. Oh, this is that creep that was staring at um, yeah. Penelope and Kip, right? Uh, not Penelope and Kip. But another couple. Another couple. It was Sammy and Sammy and uh, and his girlfriend. Sammy and Pam. Yeah. Wait, what? Did you? I, didn't I send you that picture? Of like, it was like I I, oh, I zoomed yeah. in on it three times. Yeah. 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 Like the only person well, just giving a hard stare at them was was Brock Anderson. <laughs> I didn't think he was a creep so much as like I hate that Sammy Guevara. <laughs> like that that was what I took from that picture. <laughs> oh yeah yeah. Um, Brock Anderson, though, uh, I believe one time when I visited your home, Andy, <laughs> you had on an old Arn Anderson match from, like, from when he was a, yes, a younger man. And uh, they basically are twins at that point. I, I cannot believe how much he looks like his dad. So do you, now, do you know how long he's been training? Are we expecting somebody green here or are we expecting somebody to... To wow us. I, so he's, I think he and Hook are the two guys right now that are doing all of their matches with like only, like they're not doing, you know, televised matches at all. They're not, they're, they're, they're doing all of their matches like just in the ring before the shows start. And I do not know how much he has worked, but I can't imagine they would put him in this position if they didn't think he was ready. I hope not. Because um... there's, there's no reason to. You know? Right, yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, so we have that to look forward to on a quick show. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Pac, Penta El Cerro Miedo, and Eddie Kingston taking on the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. And I have to say, I think this match was definitely my highlight of the night. And surprisingly, the highlight of the whole thing for me was Brandon Cutler's performance bumping and, and flopping and flipping all over the place uh, as just like the ultimate stooge. Uh, he was he was just fantastic. My friend uh, Dave and I, we watched the show together last night and uh, we were just both just absolutely entertained by Brandon Cutler's performance. Oh, I loved it. Brandon Cutler has found his place. Young boy Brandon Cutler forgetting how to wrestle entirely is yeah. delightful. <laughs> yes. Put him on television. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Something that doesn't bode well, though, for his 30-year mortgage if he's forgotten how to wrestle. Yeah. Uh, and, then, yeah. <laughs> and Eddie Kingston. Uh, not with 2,500 square feet and half a y- an acre in California. Mm. And uh, Eddie Kingston finished him off with a spinning back fist, 13 minutes, 5 seconds. This match was really good. And, you know, like beyond that, you got the real, the usual great action from the Bucks and Pack and Penta, so... It was yeah. sensational. I also I liked that they um, they can they're keeping us like on track with the Eddie Kingston and his weird relationship to Pack and Penta because Eddie was like Penta, you're my best friend, and Pack, I I want to like work through this, and Pack is the one who is like, no, we're not doing this shit. Like I will not be turned. So Eddie new face Eddie Kingston is really trying to make amends here, and Pack. Is not accepting it, but well, Penta seems like, yeah, Penta seems like he's into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Penta and he were best friends, so even when your best friend turns on you, you still love them. Where's Alex Abrahantes though to say Penta says, and then Eddie Penta loves you? <laughs> I don't know. He's still out on. Um... He's still on Dark. I know that. When Penta has a match on Dark, Alex comes out with them. But maybe they just thought there'd be too much going on. Because after the match, we did get uh, Anderson and Gallows coming in and uh, and you know doing the beatdown. Uh, but uh, thankfully, the Elite Hunter was there to make the save. Frankie Kazarian, uh, looking great, gave Doc Gallows a big clothesline over the top rope. Uh, and that, that actually sets up a six-man tag for next week. Um, with who is it next week? It's 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 Kazarian. Um, is it Kazarian, Pack, and Penta? I believe so. Against the Bucks and Cutler. Uh, I don't. You know, I don't pay attention to those cards yeah, that tell me what's happening next week. <laughs> I can't remember either. It yeah, seems like that's probably because it's right. Never, I would pay attention if they were just for next week. But some of them are for like three weeks. So it's just too much to pay Exactly, exactly. And I would assume the third on the Buck side has to be Cutler because they wouldn't split up the Good Brothers. Right, and I don't think that... Um, let me see. Oh, no, yeah, it's... Oh, 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 it's... It's... The Good Brothers and Matt Jackson. So they are splitting up the Bucks. Okay, but they've done that before. I, I don't think I've ever seen them split up the Good Brothers. Right. So, yeah, Good Brothers and Matt will take on Kazarian, Penta, and Eddie. Oh, I was wrong all over oh. the place. Okay. 
All right. Well, Guys, the elite hunter, uh, Frankie Kazarian. I don't know. His new look is working for me. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Megan's aging up. <laughs> uh, we get Don Callis's, uh Well, I guess it's actually uh, Michael uh, Kurosawa Nakazawa's um, magnum opus, the uh, conspiracy to screw <laughs> Kenny Omega. And we get, it's actually really funny. It's, it's footage from the Double or Nothing Triple Threat match, but with uh, fake subtitles thrown in and um, including like fake subtitles for the crowd chants, which were not, not at all what the crowd was chanting. No. And uh, <laughs> also like they would show like, you know, Kenny doing like victorious, amazing things. And then they'd cut to crowd shots that I'm sure were not the actual reactions to when he did those things. So yeah, it was pretty funny. I like when they subtitled Bryce, like his back to the camera, yelling at Don Callis, being like, I hate Kenny Omega. He's not going to win this. Or like, yeah, that sort of crazy thing. And Don Callis being like, you're a terrible ref. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so, um, so wonderfully done. Such a great parody of like these sort of things. I love it. Well done, Michael Kurosawa Nakaza. Whatever your current name is, Michael. Uh, next up, we have the Pinnacle coming out to uh, respond to the challenges from the Inner Circle from last week. And uh, so Dax and Cash accept the challenge, proud and powerful. Um, I guess Spears accepted the challenge of Guevara. Uh, Wardlow accepted Hager's MMA cage match challenge for next, that's going to be next week. But MJF turned down Chris Jericho and said, I've already beat you twice. I have nothing left to prove to you. I'm already the best. And, uh, yeah. Now, I thought it was interesting. He also called out, he also cut a promo on Sammy. So it seems clear to me that they are, they're singling Sammy out of the, it's kind of like, I think that, I think he's going to become like the guy. Now, do you think that Jericho will have an issue with that? Do you think that'll cause... The inner circle no, ultimately break up? I think they're just trying to... I, th- I think they're trying to spin off Sammy into a bigger star. Well, they should have started that a year ago, in my opinion. Well... He had some... A year ago, he was... He had some issues. He was in trouble, yeah. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, but now he's... Now he's, like, the ultra baby face, so that's... That's pretty fun for him. Um, did you guys listen to the inner circle on Talk is Jericho? I have not listened to it yet. Is it good? It is. It's like very endearing. And there are stories about how the whole episode is basically about breaking down Stadium Stampede. But they're just so clearly legitimately best friends with each other that it was very (laughs) endearing to listen to. And I also, um, I don't know, Santana and Ortiz need to get more love. That's all I'm saying is like they don't they don't get enough spotlight in the group, I think, on television. They don't, and I was actually thinking about that um, because I think that they are positioning them to win whatever this big match with FTR is, and I could definitely see the tag team title match at All Out being Bucks versus versus Santana and Ortiz at that point. I'd be up for that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. I, I think that I just really like them as people from what I've heard, and it just seems like they always get lost in the bigger group inner circle stuff and they never get their like individual things so right. i think i think the time is coming for 
for them and for Sammy. So, uh, so anyway, so like I said, MJF says, no, no match for you, Chris Jericho. Uh, and then we cut to outside where Jericho uh, has Floyd the bat, and uh, he says, you don't get to say when this is over, you jerk. And they, the inner circle destroy uh, the Pinnacle's limousine. They, they beat it with bats. I think, uh, I think Sammy was on top of the hood and like smashing in the, the windshield with a sledgehammer. It's just unnecessary. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, man, like, this is going to be a lot of detail work they're going to have to do to, to get this, this limo back in shape. And then, and then they cut to Jake Hager on a forklift who rams the forklift into the side of the limousine, lifts it up, and basically just, like, rips out the side of the limo. The way that limo crumpled made me think, is the... I mean, it appears to be a legitimate, real limo, but it made me uncomfortable how unstable it it was, how -hmm. quickly it crumpled, how easily it was, like, just lifted up. I don't, there was something about it that made me be like, I don't want to ride in a limo. Seems like maybe it was a fake limo, like those fake, fake trash cans that are used at NXT. Right before the, uh, right before the, 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 the forklift spot, Santana slashed the tire of the limo. But the way he was holding the thing, for a second I thought, does he have a Molotov cocktail? Is he going to throw it into the, like, the window and like, and burn it up, and then I realized, like, oh no, it's just, it's just a, like, a, a shiv or something, and then I thought, okay, well, they can fix this, it'll take a lot of work, but they can fix this limo, but then, no, they, then, then the forklift thing happened, I was just like, Jesus Christ. Um, Tony Khan loves his, uh, loves his, like, motor vehicle angles, and I think, I, I think there is evidence to support that you cannot consider yourself a big-time pro wrestling league unless you do angles where you destroy, uh, <laughs> where you destroy cars, because the only ones I can think of who've ever done it are WWF, WCW, and now AEW, and so and those are the ones that have had the most money behind them. So I think it's, I think it's true. Now, did you think that the Pinnacles um, limo was a reference back to Vince's limo? As far as like, I know a big white limo is probably not. It's not like there are a lot of uniqueness in limos, but seeing as how Tony Khan and the Bucks and Cody all love their classic wrestling history, do you think they they gave them a white limo knowing that eventually it was going to get destroyed, potentially blown up? But I don't know. I, I, that hadn't occurred to me. Um, was that a white limo that, uh, that, that, that was, was Vince's limo that exploded white? I don't remember. Yes, I okay. believe in my mind's eye, I'm seeing a white limo just burst into flame. <laughs> well, the flames would be a better contrast to white than black. So I think, like, aesthetically, it should have been white. So I think you're right. Did you know, and this is, I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent here, but did you know that the night that that angle happened in 2007, um, Donald Trump called the WWE offices or whoever, whatever his contact there was, uh, because he was worried about Vince. Oh my God. Our future president, <laughs> people, our future president. Yes. Nine um, years after he was stupid enough to, to believe that he was elected president of the United States. Only nine. 
Yeah. That's that's even more shocking. Yeah. It's not like he got smart in the interim. I mean, no. <laughs> he got more senile. Okay, so uh, next, I like this angle a lot, by the way, because I like this car shit. <laughs> yeah, I like... Bring, bring Moxley and his, his sweet Ford back, too. Yeah, I like that Shad Khan, presumably, is the one who's either donating cars or donating the money to just flat-out buy cars to yeah. then completely destroy. Uh, next up, we have uh, Darby Allen and Sting hanging out. And if you remember last week, Ethan and Scorpio told Darby that uh, he couldn't beat them if Sting was not his partner. <laughs> so he needed to pick a different partner and then have a match against them. And Darby decided, no. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. So not only did he not pick a new partner and is going to face Ethan and Scorpio in a handicap match next week, he also told Sting, his uh, face paint daddy, to stay at home. So. Oh, thank you, Darby. Why well, think Darby's an idiot? <laughs> stay home, Sting. Yeah, he could have just said, hey, Sting, could you stay in the back and promise not to come out? And then when inevitably Darby starts getting destroyed, Sting could run out. But he wants him to literally stay at home, a uh, car's ride away yeah. from what's happening. Uh, so, next up, so that matches next week, Darby versus Paige and Scorpio. No, uh, Andy, how did you interpret Sting's reaction, though? Because to me, he seemed like he was annoyed by this request, and then he passive-aggressively fist-bumped. So, like, is this is this already, like, starting the breakup process so early in the relationship, or is this just a little, like, couple's fight here? this is early in the relationship? For wrestling, Yes. <laughs> I don't know, because I think the fist bump thing was funny to me because it seemed like Sting Sting put it up and Darby just didn't notice it and Sting was just like, I'm not going to be big time by you, <laughs> you, little, you little bastard. And I will so not just, be stinged yes, by you. that's right, yeah. So he, just like, so he just held it up until Darby finally noticed it and gave him the tap that he wanted. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm not. surprised he didn't pull it away, like... Like, like namesake? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, okay, maybe that was the energy I was getting. So, uh, to me, that that whole fist bump interaction was passive aggressive on Sting's side. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I can I can see that. Uh, next up, we had this great video package uh, for Evil Uno uh, talking about Brody Lee and how much the TNT Championship means to the old Dark Order and how he wants to be the one to make Mr. Brody Lee proud and to bring the title back home. And then we got the Miro versus Evil Uno match. And I thought it was awesome. I, I really liked this match. There was a lot of good stuff in it. There was there was a lot of great, uh, like the, the, I love that part where the Dark Order, because the Dark Order came out with Uno at first and then they left. But then like as we were kind of getting into the thick of it, they all ran back out to support him as he was kind of rallying. And I thought that was so great. And of course he lost in the end. He got, uh, he tapped out to the game over um, because you know, even all of the Dark Order combined could prepare him for the pressure of that hold. Uh, <laughs> but he, um, it was, I, I really, I thought it was a good presentation. I, I knew that Uno wasn't the guy to do it, so I don't know. I, I kind of feel like one of them should be, though, eventually. Like, when it's time to, to move that title, I kind of feel like putting it on a different Dark Order member would be the way to do it. They're probably going to wait until Hangman's a Dark Order member. Yeah, I was thinking, like, of all of, I'm not saying none of them are worthy, but Miro holds it right now, and 
I don't think any of them have been elevated to a level where you could legitimately beat Mira without making Mira look kind of stupid. Yeah. I, yeah, I certainly don't think he should lose it for a long time. But I hope that they keep up this thread that, like, that the, the, the purpose of the Dark Order is to regain the TNT title for the long term. Yeah, that video package was the way they framed it and put it together. It was, like, so touching. Mm-hmm. And it's clearly, like, Mr. Brody Lee is, is there in our hearts forever. And how can you not root for them to get it back eventually? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, next up, we had a uh, video package for... Andrade El Idolo, face of Latinos, and they should have just aired this last week <laughs> instead of the Vicky segment. She really ruined his <laughs> debut. debut for him. Yeah. Uh, this I thought this was a lot more effective, and then at the end they announced that he will have a sit-down interview with Jim Ross next week, and you know, obviously this is like, this is JR's strength, doing these kinds of sit-down interviews, so I expect that to be good. And uh, this this got me a lot more hyped up about Andrade. Oh yeah, he looks so fucking cool in that. Like, oh my god, I'm like, like you said, it it was way more effective than the crowd chanting over Vicky and having his whole thing timing and stuff be really awkward. Uh, next up, we've got Kenny, Kenny Omega and Don Callis joining Tony in the ring and uh, kind of like hyping up the. The Jungle Boy match for a couple weeks down the road, and he uh, he said that he respects Jungle Boy, but basically he just doesn't have the 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 guts. To, he's got everything but the guts, and one day he'll be a champion, but he's he's not gonna be able to beat Kenny right now. So uh, Jungle Boy comes out to confront Kenny, tells him you talk too much, and then they they get into a little bit of a skirmish, and uh, he actually almost gets Omega in the snare trap, but the Young Bucks run in and pull pull Kenny away to safety. So that was good. I mean, they got to do little things to make people think that Jungle Boy has even like a one out of one hundred chance to win this match. So. Oh, Jungle Boy! Yeah, um, I did appreciate that at the beginning, though. Tony took the time to be like, "Don Callis, your conspiracy theory is garbage." <laughs> <laughs> Don was like, "No, it's not." Um, Tony's but- not going to get cute. Yeah, Tony is a respectable journalist. He has to point out the obvious, obvious lies here. But um, Jungle Boy, I think I so badly want him to win, and I know he's not going to win, but I think they need to give him a big win if they're taking this away from him, because Jungle Boy is killing it. He's great. Yeah. Um, Next up, Jade Cargill and her manager, Smart Mark Sterling, uh, cut a little promo. Revenues are up 43% across the board for, for Jade Cargill. Uh, whatever that means, and uh, she delivers her uh, "I'm that bitch" catchphrase, and this was that was just like a nice little like character piece to remind you they're still hanging around. And I, I kind of like I think they have some some kind of neat chemistry together. Yeah, Mark Sterling is the bumbling kind of he thinks he's cool, but he's not guy. And then Jade Cargill is the legitimate badass who, you know, is also, she's both the brains and the bronze of this operation. So, um, I like their chemistry and I think it's hilarious. He's already rattling off what are clearly fake statistics and <laughs> profit margin. Cause like, what has Jade done? What, what is up 43%? We haven't had a show <laughs> since the last time she was on camera. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure I'm that bitch t-shirt sales are through the roof. <laughs> Yes, and Mark Sterling would not say it. He's like, I, your catchphrase, I believe he pointed out the marketing 
like need for her catchphrase to catch on but he said you know that word like he said that word or like the b word or something he won't say it which i think is hilarious because she's your client you you got to spread her brand wait why won't he say it i I just kind of got the impression that he wanted her to say it okay he said it in a way that was like a dad being like i don't say curse words around (laughs) my kids like uh next up we had Lance Archer in a good old-fashioned smash-em against a young man named Chandler Hopkins. This went 45 seconds. Um, Hopkins got clotheslined right off the bat, uh, got thrown into the ring, got uh, choke-slammed like from heaven to hell, and uh, and then hit with a blackout off the uh, off the turnbuckle. And this was awesome. Hell yeah, it's been, Lance! It's been a Archer. while since we've seen a Lance Archer smash-em. Beating up some little geeks. Yeah. You know? Now this was probably not quite as good as that the very first match we saw with him against Marco Stunt because he did not throw Chandler Hopkins nine tenths of the way across the ring. <laughs> no, he did not. I remember Jenny loved that match. That was awesome. Yeah. Marco's very good at being, you know, airborne and showing other people, showing off other people's strengths by being airborne. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, and after the match, uh, Lance did not wait for the referee to raise his arm or even at the uh, victory announcement. He just stormed to the back. So he's, he was just there to... He's not, he's not paid by the hour. He's, <laughs> he was there to, to get the win and go home. Uh, next up, the wingmen backstage. If you, if you recall, the wingmen are uh, the Hollywood hunk Ryan Nemeth, Pretty Peter Avalon, Cesar Bononi, and J.D. Drake. Uh, Jenny just learned about them from BTE, I think. I did. And uh, they throw down a challenge to Orange Cassidy, seemingly out of nowhere. I don't really know what the... they want. Well, they want to give him a makeover. They want to give him a wingman makeover. And they said, if not, then Cesar Bononi will, uh, you know, will beat you up. And then, a little later, they just announced that the Cesar Bononi-Orange Cassidy match is happening. So I guess Orange Cassidy turned down the opportunity to have a makeover. Yeah. You know, he's got a look. No need to change it. It's yeah. fine. Next up, Nyla Rose versus legit Layla Hirsch. What a match these two had. Hell yeah. I really liked it. I, I, so I, uh, I like Nyla, and I liked the angle last week where she popped all the balloons with her nails and flipped the burgers everywhere. Um, but I, when I saw Layla Hirsch come out to be the, the, the I knew the sacrificial lamb, even though it was a good long match, they went eight forty-five and they went back and forth. I still thought like, oh, we're still not pushing Layla Hirsch, huh? Like it's it's still you couldn't have you couldn't have picked somebody else for this, but uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm impatient for the Layla Hirsch uh, ascension. Yeah, but they picked her. Also, she's ranked right, like so she. She was like a legitimate opponent where I think that's why they had like a longer match where Nyla's victory over her, I believe one of the strong points of it that the announced team pointed out was that Layla is ranked. So Nyla is getting victories over yeah, over right. real competitors, you know? You, you are, of course, right. But uh, yeah, she is. She was uh, yesterday. She was ranked fifth, and Nyla was ranked third. So that will probably help Nyla in the standings. But to your point, like she's ranked fifth, and we never see her on Dynamite. 
Never. Yeah. I am very pro Layla Hirsch, and I want her to appear on the main show more often. So I'm with you in that in that regard. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, their their uh, their match was very good. I I thought I I really liked it. Uh, as a follow up to that, we get uh, Britt and uh, Rebel with Tony in the back, and just kind of a promo, basically saying like, okay, clearly this is my next challenger. So let's let's get it. Let's spin it up. Let's get it going. Uh, and then that takes us to our main event. Uh, the Machine, Brian Cage, and Powerhouse Hobbs take on Hangman Page and Ten. Hangman's Chiron this week, I believe, read Time Has Lost All Meaning. Uh, <laughs> which I don't, I don't really know what that means uh, about this he's week. A, but... He's a millennial in the pandemic. He might be a little late on the sentiment, but I'm yeah. still with him. I don't really always know what day it is. Yeah. Uh, and this was just, you know... This was, I think it was a better choice to go with a Hangman Page main event than a Dustin Rhodes main event. Shocker. Shocker. And uh, I think I think Page and Cage have very good chemistry, and we got to see some more of that in this one. And uh, finally, uh, Hobbs gets uh, hit with a cutter and the buckshot lariat, and Tim gets to, gets to get the pen, actually. So that was good for him. Uh, this also, leading up to this, the TNT title was thrown into the ring to Brian Cage to use to uh, nefarious advantage. And for the not second TNT, time... FT. Not TNT, the FTW, sorry. Yeah. Because it's not a real title. Right, yeah. So the FTW was thrown into the ring for him to use nefarious advantage, and he refused again, like he did at the pay-per-view. And uh, nobody was happy with this, because they lost the match, and then Ricky Stark slapped him across the face. Whoa. Um, and I, you know, it's things, things not looking good for team Taz. I think that, uh, I think that Brian Cage is going to gonna get out of there sooner than later, uh, sooner than later. Well, Taz was on commentary and I think he just tried to be like, no, it's all fine. Even though Ricky starts when he slapped Brian Cage, he also then was chased to the back by Brian Cage, which essentially left poor powerhouse Hobbs out there all by himself. But, like, clearly Taz, it's not fine. Um, but I did appreciate Taz's Taz's effort to be like, no, 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 this is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's all burning down around me, but it's fine. Well, shortly after the show ended, Taz tweeted out, tonight was the second time you threw the FTW title. Tonight was also the last time you will throw the FTW title. So... Taz, Jenny, Jenny's making a face, but what she doesn't realize is that Taz takes that title extremely seriously and does believe it's a legitimate belt, Jenny. He thinks that people are competing for it, even though it's never been contested on AEW <laughs> in any form. I mean, didn't they, before the pandemic, or I guess no, it wouldn't have been before the pandemic, because it's only existed in the pandemic times, but like, didn't Hobbs, or didn't uh, Cage defend it a couple times on Dark or something? Okay, maybe he did, but like, I don't think AEW, the company, has been like, yeah, this is... Yeah, Brian Cage isn't listed in the little champion section of their roster. Let me just put it that way. That is true. That is true. So uh, so that was the show. And uh, the whole Dark Order celebrated with beer and, uh, in Cole Cavana's case, bottled water to mm-hmm. end the night. Also negative yeah. one, because you don't give children beer. Probably drink something else, too, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was, that was kind of the show. I thought it was way better than last week. It... Uh, 
it had, I don't know, it seemed like just a much more lively show, which is interesting because it didn't actually have a crowd. Um, I was going to add, okay, that yeah. was one thing that kind of annoyed me, is I was, I was thinking early on, like, wow, the crowd's really into it, that's great. But then I remembered you had said that this is like one of two taped shows, and then I started to get pissed because the crowd was not just being piped in as like, like the crowd, all of a sudden we were getting this is awesome chance <laughs> and um there were also like some very specific chance that maybe the wrestlers had started and they sort of audio macgyvered into yeah but like i this is what wwe does guys and i don't like that i feel very um like manipulated when they try to do that if a natural crowd reaction is there fine it brings energy if you're making it up Mm-mm, don't like it. So halfway through the show, that's how long it took stupid me to realize this. I was like, wait a minute. Tony Khan <laughs> is trying to get me to feel a certain way, and I am mad. Tricked. Yeah. So how do you feel about, like, both of you, next week, uh, next week's Dynamite on Friday, is, as of right now, the last taped pandemic-era show. Like, we're all, we're, we're all live and all in front of crowds after that. End of, end of an era. <laughs> I'm going to miss Daly's Place. Yeah? I think it's a really cool venue, like, especially at the pay-per-view where we got to see the whole thing and you really got to remember, like, how cool, like, all the tiered seating and everything is. I think they'll still probably come back, you know, a couple times a year. Because it is their, like, their home base. Yeah, and it just makes sense, like, Florida as a touring spot. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm almost kind of relieved that if they're doing the crowd thing they're going to states that presumably have tighter restrictions than Florida so if if they've determined it's okay then I'm more on board and I thought it was kind of fun that in July um in one of the rare instances where I kept track of what was actually coming up oh yeah thank you I I, I forgot what those were all called Oh, okay. So all the shows are um, like special dynamite yeah. and that they're titled. So you, the last three are Fighter Fest, the you know Fighter Fest, Fighter Fest, and then Fight for the Fallen. The first one is called, God, I forget what it's called, but it looks like it has an '80s like theme. That's the one that's in Miami. Yeah, so that should be fun too. Um, but that's on the 7th i believe of july i just think it's kind of cool that we have a whole month special shows you know like themed dynamites yeah it's it's i think it's kind of their like they're calling it like their welcome back tour or something like that so, yeah, so, yeah i think i don't want to say rage in the cage because i don't think there's a cage but i feel like rage was in the title <laughs> of the, the july 7th show somewhere yeah yeah no totally let me road uh, rager road rager yeah. oh, oh there you go good eye johnny yeah okay yeah uh yeah that's it's very exciting um so yeah so i don't know i will not miss the i, I will miss daily's place but i will not miss the you know wrestlers crowding around the ring to make noise shows I, I i'm excited to get back in front of fans yeah i i did really appreciate the live audience for the the pay-per-view and the like, dynamite either before or after where they were still there that was it was re- really a highlight of like 
you've gotten so used to, but look at what a difference it makes when you have it. It makes a hell of a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, let's, let's do some news and, and uh, we'll wrap up here. Um, so this is all from The Observer. Uh, Andrade, obviously, he has signed. Uh, so they had Dave reports, Dave Meltzer reports, they did talk to Thea Trinidad months ago when she was released. That's Selena Vega. Uh, but nothing came of it, unfortunately. So it doesn't look like she is going to be in here and be affiliated with him, which is too bad because it's, it's a great act. Um, let's see. Any, any thoughts on that, either of you? I wonder if that has any effect on whether or not Tommy and nay Alistair, no, previously Alistair Black, will show up because, you know, if, is, I only know her as Selena Vega. Is she just, like, kind of done with wrestling, or is she shopping around to other companies? Like, is that, what is the reason for the decline? I don't know. I do know that, like, three weeks ago, she was training at the Performance Center. Oh. Um, but then, in the interim, her husband was released, so. So it's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, he was on, he did Renee's podcast, as most of them do, and while he didn't say what his solid plans are for where he's going, when she asked him who he'd like to face, he listed off almost all AEW people, so I don't know if that implies anything, but if he wants to face a bunch of people in AEW, presumably he'd need to go to AEW. I would think so, yeah. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, so, uh, we know Rampage, It's mo- I think we kind of covered this before, but Rampage, when it starts, it's mostly going to be taped um, previously, but the very first show is going to be live from Pittsburgh, on August 13th, and then all the shows that are on pay-per-view weekends will be will be live from that same market. That makes sense. Yeah, so they'll only they'll only be, probably only do you know a handful of live rampages a year. But yeah, um, here's something that disappoints me: BR Live uh, is going away. Uh, it is being folded into like the larger Bleacher Report app, which didn't have like a, a streaming video component before. And so it's now all going to be one thing. And my question is, do we lose all of our our pay-per-views? Do we lose all of our archives that we have? Because we've got the entire AEW pay-per-view collection. Would we ever you... watch them? I don't know. I, 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 I've watched that um, Young Bucks Mega Hunk tag match a few times over the last year. Yeah, and there's kind of... Uh, a certain comfort in having like the WWE network that if you ever it's almost like music like if you're ever in, just in the mu- mood to like watch a certain type of thing yeah. having it there I would hope that since you paid for it that that like they make it available in some form even if they don't do pay-per-views moving forward and even if the BR Live app isn't a thing anymore just like they hopefully won't take away access in some form you know now they are doing pay-per-view going forward. That's going to be that's so oh. the Bleacher Report app is now going to be where we'll watch those shows from. Okay. It's just a, it's just a separate app. That I don't know. I haven't, I haven't I haven't downloaded it yet. I haven't looked at it, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We got until September to figure it out. So. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. 
this, he's got a little bit of news about the Jungle Boy Kenny Omega match. Uh, so it was originally set for last night's show, and it was moved. It was a combination of wanting it to air live and also to make June 26th into a major show. Uh, he says, just as these Friday night shows are to start are to start to establish the new time slot of Rampage, Saturday is looking like the new time slot for the quarterly major shows on TBS that start in twenty twenty or on TNT in twenty twenty two. So. Um, and he says, it's just as well because Omega is hurting pretty badly between slicing up his hand and needing seven stitches. Um, he sliced it on when he was doing those belt shots at the pay-per-view. He cut his hand on the AEW title. Um, he has a deep bone bruise near his tailbone, uh, wear and tear on his knees, and an athletic hernia. That sounds awful. All uh, of it. Says he's definitely in a lot of pain getting through the recent big matches. Uh, but at the Fan Fest the day before the pay-per-view, and I, I listened to this on the, uh, the AEW Unrestricted podcast, he did say uh, there are days he wakes up and walks around where he thinks maybe he's close to the time to hang it up. But he also noted that having real fans in the building when he's performing made him feel a lot better. Makes those bumps hurt less. Yeah. Oh, my God. I The belt thing, I always thought it was kind of goofy that they use those to knock people out because they're not... Their belts, I don't know, they don't look heavy to me, but hearing that it legitimately sliced open his hand is kind of scary, because you're also, you know, those spots, you're hitting people in the face with them. So, it's weird to, to know that the belts are kind of more dangerous than I had always thought they were. Yeah. Um, let's see, while not a done deal, and it can't be until August 31st, the strong belief is that Tom Budgen, the former Aleister Black, is headed here. Although there has been talk in WWE that the company made a mistake in cutting him and may make him an offer to return, so that could change the equation. Ooh, don't do it, Alistair. Never take the counteroffer. If he if he does, if he goes back, he can never ever complain again because he knows he knows the deal now. Yeah, and based <laughs> like, did you listen to the Renee podcast? I haven't yet. No. Okay, well, just based on that, like, it doesn't sound like he was particularly happy in WWE and that when he got released, like he was very diplomatic about it. I like, I like him a lot. I think he's smart and poised and speaks well, but he basically said like, when I got released, it was kind of like a relief because they don't totally know how to, how to manage their, like he was specifically asked about bringing people up from NXT, the main roster and why he thought that they didn't succeed. And his, he made some very eloquent points, and I just think that he has a very good picture of what that is and that it seems like he wouldn't go back. So I hope we see him in AEW. I hope either that or somewhere else because WWE does not sound like the right place for him. I think also just demographically, they could use another big, like a person that they could build into a European star for if, if they ever want to start touring in Europe, you know? Like if they could go do a show in Amsterdam, like and have him as like a as a top guy, I think they, that that would be that would be worth doing. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I I just I'm a big Alistair Black Tommy, and I and, guess now yeah. fan. So I I would love to see him come to AEW and do his thing. Yeah, uh, Ray Phoenix out of action for another month, unfortunately. So gotta, but you know what? I guess that means that like when when crowds are back. And they're on the road again. We'll have a we'll have a healthy Ray Phoenix uh, back ready to dazzle us. Is that why on BTE the Young Bucks 
like legitimately just freaked out because he like ducked under their shot and then appeared to beat him up and super kicked yes. him for no reason. Super kicked okay. him and gave him like four BTE triggers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's see. There was something else. There's something. It's not um. <laughs> totally uh, related to EW, but it is a note that kind of concerns something. Uh, that we've been talking about. And uh, here's a news note. There's a pretty decent chance that Total Bellas is done. Uh, We have been told that as of a month ago, E had not renewed the show nor Total Divas, so its reality show tie-up with WWE that dates back eight years and led to an influx of women fans uh, for its main programming is over. Uh, The show, you know, obviously made Nikki Bella, in particular, a very big star. And... Uh, what appears to be confirmation is a New York Post article where they positioned it as the Bella Twins wanting to give up on reality TV. Brie Bella was on Entertainment Tonight and pushed that with having two children, she gave the impression it was her choice not to continue the show, saying that both her daughter and her husband hate the filming. Uh, Nikki then said she doesn't want to raise her 10-month-old son, Mateo, in front of television cameras. Uh, she said she doesn't want her son to be mad at her years later for putting him on television without any say-so. So... And then he, and then he says, it should be noted that when Brian Danielson let his contract expire, the belief was that the show wasn't going to get renewed. So the talk that the television show would basically force him to stay in WWE was never part of the equation in these negotiations. Uh, that's not to say he is or isn't returning, because whatever he's doing is very quiet right now, and either he hasn't made a decision, or he has, and wherever he's going, wants to do a television surprise. So... But I think that probably strengthens the chance that he's he's not going to return to WWE. I'm sad. I love watching Nikki on television, so I hope she can find another outlet. Yeah. I think she'll have opportunities. Like she's too good a TV character to not be on TV. I fully understand um, that as parents, they're wanting to shelter their kids from TV cameras, which makes total sense to me and I think is great. But the reality TV lover in me is very sad to see them go. I thought when Total Bellas got taken over by the... Producers? Yeah, like the last two seasons, I think it shot really differently. And I I just really liked the way they were doing it. And I was hoping to see more. So it's sad, but I, I totally get it. As parents, that that is a responsible decision. Yeah. I mean, I just want to see Bernie's reaction to a car wash over and over again. <laughs> that was that was maybe the highlight of the last couple of seasons of Total Bellas, that one scene. Uh, so that's that's going to do it for us uh, here today. That's about it. But, uh, uh, you know, we got a big dynamite coming up next week with uh, the debut of Brock Anderson, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, next week, last Friday Night Dynamite, so... Let's let's uh, we just got one more to go, and uh, we can get through this, guys. Power uh, through it, and ratings are bad. Yep, yep, yep. You know going in what it's going to be, so don't worry too much about it, and just uh, come back for Jungle Boy versus Kenny. And <laughs> all right, well, thank you all for listening. For Jenny and for Megan, I'm Andy. This has been the Elite Beat. E Elite Beat. E E Elite Beat. <laughs>